0: All right, I kind of like jumped in the first service and I forgot how heavy this sermon was and I was halfway into it and I just apologized to everybody. I was like, oh man, I'm so sorry for how heavy this is. Um, and, it, and it certainly can be because everybody's got a different story, everybody's got a different background and th- this series that we're walking is, is that we're talking about basically how as a Christian, everybody has given us a, or Jesus has given us this this backpack and this backpack represents scripture and inside of this backpack There's a lot to be explored, and when you explore this backpack, you find a lot of things that are in here, and one of the things that you find is healing. And I I don't know how long you guys were a Christian before you found out that God wants to heal people, but I was a Christian for a very long time, and then I discovered that. And healing is is awesome, and at the same time, there's this heaviness because sometimes we don't always see it, and everybody does something with that in your mind. So some people are on the side of the fence where, they say, well, if God wants to heal somebody, he will. It's kind of up to him. We're not really involved, which is an interesting stance considering the Bible, right? And then over here, um, there's the stance of, like, God has commissioned us to go and lay hands on the sick and that we're very much involved in how much healing we're actually seeing on the earth. And I want everybody to know in this room that I, like, I don't just fall on this side. I fall, like, way over there outside of the building, okay? Like, I really believe... Uh, if I could just use this as a demonstration that, uh, Corey, would you just stand up and come here? Is that God did this with us and gave us the ministry of healing and now it's up to us to administer healing on the earth. Now, I understand that that's, um, thank you, Corey, that that's not everybody's cup of tea. Uh, let me put it this way. In this Bible, in the book of Acts, every time someone's healed, you know that it's attributed to someone's faith? Did you guys know that? Like when they're sending out cloths, it's Paul that's praying over it. When that shadow comes through town, it's Peter's shadow that's healing the sick. And every time somebody gets healed, they feel the need to mention by whose faith it was. Okay? The greatest miracle that I see in the Bible is the fact that there was anybody left to be healed for the disciples to heal. There's a, uh, in Acts chapter three, there's a man by the gate called Beautiful, and he's lame, and somehow that man didn't get healed in three years of Jesus's ministry. I don't know if nobody took him there or, or what happened, but he just never seemed to get to the place where Jesus was, and there was actually somebody left over, because Jesus healed all who were sick. Isn't that amazing? I want to say that again, because how many of you have that experience in your life where everybody you pray for gets healed? It's not my experience, but I do see people get healed. And you have to do something with that in your brain and wrestle that and decide, how many of you have lost people that were close to you? I want you to know that I have a, um, that we've been praying for our son Canaan. He has a fever and the fever kind of comes and goes and during the day he's fine and at night he gets sick and and like, I, I still sometimes don't see sickness go. I, I, my, my father's in a wheelchair, he's at home, he doesn't have most of his senses and And he is struggling with dementia. And so, like, I understand, like, the frustration and pain of not seeing people get healed. I've also lost close people. I've also prayed for babies. I've seen babies die. Okay? So my goal today is not to deny what we haven't seen, but I would like to spur you on on what we could see. Is that all right? How many of you have been, uh, well, I'll get to that towards the end. There's... There's only two things that you need as far as administering yourself to actually pray for the sick. You need to believe that it's God's will to heal the sick and you need to believe that he's called you to do it. That's it. There's a verse in the Bible that says Jesus is the perfect image of the Father. It actually is the is the Greek word icon. He's the perfect icon of who the Father is. He's this perfect representation of who the Father is. And I want you to know that everybody needs to decide, is your life and your life experience the perfect image of the Father, or is Jesus Christ the perfect image of the Father? Because a lot of times people will look at their life and determine their theology and decide from their life and their life experience who God is, and nowhere in the Bible does it tell you to do that. It actually says that Jesus is the perfect image of the Father, and if you are wondering what the Father's will is, you just have to go and you have to look at Jesus. And when Jesus came into town, guess what he would often do? Heal all who were sick. Isn't that amazing? I remember when I was uh, wrestling with this, um, uh, when me and Brian Conley were on staff, sometimes we'd go out to eat at the York Galleria Mall, back when there was actually restaurants in the York Galleria Mall. And... Um, I'll never forget this. One day we were in there and we we would go there because we'd actually go there to pray for people because we were really hungry to see God move and uh, there was a janitor that was there and I remember that her her one leg was four inches shorter than her other leg. Four inches. It wasn't like an inch and it wasn't like this like like little deal. It was four inches. When she would walk, she would rock this far when she would walk to get around. And I remember um, Brian had some boldness that day. He went over to her and um, he goes, look at that woman. It looks like she needs prayer. I said, yeah, look, go pray for her. And uh, so he was praying for her. I know it was four inches because the tiles on the floor were one-inch tiles. And it, and it was four inches. And as Brian prayed, he prayed for probably 20 seconds. But in the course of seven seconds, I watched that leg grow out completely. I mean, it, it was it was when she stood up to walk, she had to relearn to walk because her leg had grown out and she was so used to the shuffling. And I was, I was floored by that. I'll never forget the first person I prayed for and saw healing. It was Frank Phipps. It was his shoulder. He had a torn rotator cuff. God healed him. Um, second prayer is when the healing came, and, and he was completely healed. It was awesome. Um, I've seen crooked back straighten up. I've seen um, somebody bent over stand up. I've seen just a lot of cool stuff. And um, it's not because I'm something special. It's because I believe it's God's will to heal, and I believe that he's called me to do it. Now, here's something else. I believe that he's called everybody to do it. And, uh, and, you can, and you can say, well, I don't have the gift of healing. Well, I don't have the gift of giving then. Isn't that interesting? That we can just call out what we're going to do as Christians and what we're not going to do, and we can just decide based on our experience. Meanwhile, Jesus Christ is the perfect icon of who the Father is. And you're actually becoming the fullness of who he is. And he went around and healed the sick. Now, that sounds so crazy, doesn't it? I know it sounds crazy to me at first because I'm just this guy. But when you lay your hands on somebody and you pray, like my son, um, he's he was back in the prayer room first service. They were kicking butt back there, him and uh, Caden Hartman, their buddies back there. And their batting average at this thing is awesome. It's a lot better than mine. And one day in the lobby, he actually saw a woman take off her knee brace and was completely healed in front of his eyes. And he's like, I'm all in on this thing. And he goes, how can I get on the prayer team? That's the appropriate response. He was eight years old when he saw it, and he said, so what do you do? You just lay your hands on them and say, in Jesus' name, be healed, and they're healed, I'm in. And he just received it, and now he sees healing. But that's kind of like normal for him, right? So how do I know it's God's will to heal? Well, I know that's what Jesus did. I want you guys just to look at this. In Matthew 8, 16, When I struggled with whether or not God wants to heal everybody, I just read the book of Matthew because I felt like I was supposed to, and there's a lot of healing in that book. Matthew 8, 16 says this, Now when evening came, they brought to him many who were demon-possessed, and he cast out the spirits with a word, and he healed all who were ill. This happened so that what was spoken through Isaiah, the prophet, would be fulfilled. He himself took our illness and carried away our diseases. Jesus was going about in all of Galilee. No, so when you look at that, so He himself took away our illness and carried away our diseases. So Jesus, there's something about Him that can actually cause us to cast our, our diseases and sickness on Him, because that's what He was doing. In Matthew 4:23, right before the Sermon on the Mount, listen to this, Jesus was going about in all of Galilee, teaching in their synagogues and proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom, and healing every disease and every sickness among the people. Isn't that cool? Now, where was this taking place? Do you know that Israel's broken up into regions? We're in the northern region right now in Galilee. Do you know what Jesus did when he went to Galilee? He healed every sickness and every disease that was in Galilee. It wasn't some. It wasn't 50%. It wasn't like there was a line, and he was like, you're healed. You're not. Your timing's not here yet. You have sin in your life, so I can't heal you. Uh, You're going to die soon, so get ready. It wasn't that. Did you ever hear, like, and it it grieves me a lot because this actually kills people's intimacy with God. Something will happen to somebody you love and then you'll stop meeting with God because you think it was God that had the power to or not to keep that person around. And the enemy comes at an opportune time and says a lot of things. And, like, for me personally... Like overcoming loss is hard and I understand loss and and it's it's a a very hard thing. But I know that it's God's desire that we have life and not just life, but that we would have it abundantly. Now, here's the other character that nobody talks about. But the thief comes to... So why don't people get mad at the enemy? Why don't people say, you know what? They killed the wrong... He killed the wrong person and I am gonna make him pay... For the rest of my days on this earth and bring the kingdom of heaven here. But people don't take that stance. They say, well, I wonder why, may, I don't know, maybe it was just their time. If it was just their time, why wasn't Jesus going around and telling people it was just their time? How come when he came across a funeral and the person had died, why didn't he just approach the, the funeral carriage there and say, it was just their time? He said, rise up in Jesus' name. Why didn't he tell Lazarus, hey, I'd heal Lazarus, but it was just his time? The things that we tell people to comfort them in the moment kill intimacy in the long run with God. And so it's not this like, well, let's just make people feel good. Jesus never made people feel good. He told them the truth because he knew it was at stake. And depending on how you think about healing and whether or not you're actually called to it, people are either going to live or die because of you. I didn't say that first service. I would love, I would love to take this thing called Christianity and all the responsibility of it and just throw it in the river and pretend like I don't have any. But that's not true. You might say, well, Adam, like what you're saying is pretty heavy. I know it's heavy. It's heavy when I'm praying for somebody and I don't see them get healed, and then I have to apologize for where my faith is at. And I say, thank you so much for letting me pray. I'm still growing in this thing, and I want to have faith that can overcome this obstacle. If, it has, if I didn't overcome it, I apologize. I, I want to have faith to overcome it. Thank you so much for letting me pray. It's called humility. And isn't that simple? Why does it have to be like different than that? Why would it have to be harder than that? I keep like healing, healing for me is a batting average. It's a game of baseball. You're going to hit it and you can get better at hitting the ball. And sometimes you're going to miss. And you could own up to the fact that maybe you could be better at hitting the ball, but you don't have to blame how fast the pitch was, right? Jumping back to Jesus. And the news about him spread throughout Syria and they brought, so now just just Galilee, but Syria. Syria's kind of in the middle, in between Galilee and Jerusalem. And they brought to him all who were ill, Those suffering with various diseases and severe pain, demon-possessed, people with epilepsy and people who were paralyzed. Do you know what he did? He healed them all. Well, Adam, Jesus was just trying to prove that he was the Savior. No, he he rose from the dead. That was the proof that he was the Savior. He went around and healed the sick to reveal who the Father is and what the Father's heart is. In Matthew 12, Says, then he said to the man, Stretch out your hand. He stretched it out, and it was restored to normal, like the other. But the Pharisees went out and conspired against him as to how they might destroy him. But Jesus, aware of this, withdrew from there. Many followed him, and he healed them all. When he came ashore, he saw a large crowd and felt compassion for them and healed their sick. That's in a different region. And then here's in a different region. And large crowds came to him, bringing with those who were limping, had impaired limbs, were blind, were unable to speak, and many others, and they laid them down at his feet. And guess what he did? He healed some. No, he healed them all. Healed them all. The Bible loves the word all when it comes to Jesus and what he did. Now, here's the part that like most people don't like okay and I remember I was talking to a pastor once and I and I said to him he was flabbergasted that we actually prayed for the sick and he was a charismatic pastor and he said well I don't pray for the sick because what if they don't get healed and I said well then they don't get healed but then you'll never see anybody get healed if you don't if you don't swing at the ball when it comes you're never going to hit it right and this is, this is the most heavy-hitting scripture I've ever seen. And if you choose to put this responsibility on yourself, amen. But it's not about results. It's about obedience. And we're called to be obedient sons to God, right? And I'm going to read this for you. I'm still shocked at what it says. I've read it many times. It still shocks me. Jesus is up on the mountain of transfiguration. He's transfigured in front of the disciples. They fall over like dead men in front of them. He says, do not be afraid. Somehow that gives them the strength to get up. They get up, there's Elijah, there's Moses. They're like, let's build three tents. Um, He comes over, he talks to them, they start heading back down the mountain. Quite an experience. The other nine disciples are down there. There's a crowd of people that are following Jesus. This crowd of people are in need of healing, so they start to form healing lines. The nine disciples are down there. Thus far, they've seen every person get healed. If they hadn't, the Bible would mention it because the Bible's always good at bringing out what's wrong, Right? There's a man there, his son has epilepsy. The disciples can't cure him. The man has the faith to stick around because he wants Jesus to lay hands on him. He says this to Jesus, and I brought him to your disciples and they could not cure him. And Jesus answered and said this. Now listen to what he says here. You unbelieving and perverse generation, how long shall I be with you? that's Jesus he doesn't come down and say oh it must not have been the right time he says to his disciples that's who he's talking to here you unbelieving and crooked thinking generation how much longer shall I be with you how much longer shall you get it did Jesus have an expectation for his disciples to have faith to heal the sick okay And Jesus rebuked him, and the demon came out of him, and the boy was healed at once. You know, back in that prayer room, we see two-thirds to about, I've seen some Sundays it's been 100%, which is so cool. If Jesus was back, there'd it be 100%. If you're in this room and you've got something in your body that hasn't been healed yet, if Jesus was in the room, it would be healed. Because he's in the business of healing all. He heals all, all the time. You never have to be in this room and ask this question, I wonder if God wants to heal me. The answer is yes. The only question he was asking is, when I come back, will there be faith on the earth? Does somebody in the room have the faith to overcome it? If I can't, I'd be more than happy to send you to somebody else who has more faith than me, and there are plenty of people in the room who do. But don't ever stop and don't ever give up. Listen to this. Then the disciples came to Jesus privately and said, why could we not cast it out? He already told them why. You unbelieving and perverse generation, right? Listen to this. And he said to them, because of your meager faith, your littleness of faith, your unbelief, for truly I say to you, if you have faith the size of a mustard seed, you will say to this mountain, move from here to there and it will move and nothing will be impossible for you. Nothing will be impossible for you. Who's he talking to? Is he talking about him? He's talking to you. And he's saying to you, nothing will be impossible for you. Nothing will be impossible for you. And like, I don't know what you guys do. It's like, it's not not something that you put on Instagram. It's something that you walk out with the craziness to believe that if you lay your hands on the sick, something will happen. And if it doesn't happen, you just apologize and say, thank you so much for letting me pray. I'm still trying to grow. I'm still trying to work on this thing. I really appreciate the opportunity. I want to assure you, when I read the book, when I read the Bible, it tells me that Jesus healed all. He hasn't forgotten you. He hasn't overlooked you. But he has handed the ministry of healing over to his people. And I know we like to think differently. I know we like to say differently. I know that we like to just, and I'm not against prayer chains or any of that, I want as many people praying as possible. But when I read the book of Acts, it attributes it to one person's faith who did the healing. Sometimes people say, well, I had the faith. And then I say this, what's the evidence that you had the faith? Do you often pray for the sick? Do you often see healing? No. Have you ever prayed for the sick? No. But you're telling me you had the faith to heal the sick? It's like, come on. I'll be the first to admit I could do such a better job at this. I see healing sometimes. Sometimes I walk by opportunities. Sometimes I see someone in need and I don't think to myself, God lives inside of me. I could do something about that. Sometimes I remember and I walk over and I ask and I pray and they say yes and cool stuff happens and sometimes I forget that God lives in me, I just forget. Or sometimes I look at a situation and and my faith is overwhelmed by it and I don't even bother to pray. And sometimes I just go through the motions even though I know that nothing's gonna happen. And I'm not up here to tell you that I'm some rock star at this, but at the end of the day, I do wanna be obedient to my father and, and he commissioned us to lay our hands on the sick and watch them recover. When Jesus had finished these words, this is in a different region, he left Galilee and came into the region of Judea beyond the Jordan. So now we're down closer to Israel. And large crowds followed him and he healed them there. And Jesus entered the temple. Now listen to this. He entered the temple area and drove out all those who were selling and buying on the temple grounds. People were selling animals to, to, um, to migrants who were coming in to sacrifice And he overturned the tables of the money changers and the seats of those who were selling doves. Why did he do that? Well, he needed room. And he said to them, it is written, my house will be called a house of prayer, but you are making it a den of robbers. And those who were blind and those who limped came to him in the temple area and he healed them. I'll never forget when I was on fire for this and I was saying, like, I think God wants to heal all the sick. Um, Another minister came up to me and he said, if that's true, Then, why did God only heal one person at the Pool of Bethesda? I said, I don't know. I'm going to go find out. And you know what I found out? Do you guys know where the Pool of Bethesda resides next to? The temple. And let me just read it to you again, because I love it. And those who were blind and those who limped, guess where you get blind and lame people? From the Pool of Bethesda. He cleared out the temple and brought in everybody from the Pool of Bethesda. Isn't that cool? These signs will accompany those who have believed. In my name, they will cast out demons. They will speak with new tongues. They will pick up serpents. And if they drink any deadly poison, it will not harm them. They will lay hands on the sick, and they will recover. Could you bring in the serpents? No, I'm just joking. You didn't know we had a serpent guy back there. Our old uh, state overseer. Used to be in Kentucky and travel a lot. He's been to those churches. He'd tell me about them. They will lay their hands on the sick and they will recover. To who? To God when he wants to, when he feels like it, or to those who believe? Is it God or is it to those who believe? It's to those who believe. So when he hands you a ministry of healing and he says, have fun, what we're seeing on the earth is our faith more than his will. I want to say it again. Isn't that a hard pill to swallow? That's a real thick pill. I want to say it again so that we're all on the same page. Your life and what's happening in your life is not the will of the Father completely. Or there'd be, or it would be heaven on earth. Is anybody here right now in every aspect of your life experiencing heaven on earth? Or are you experiencing a mixture? So then why do, when it comes to healing, do we always just say, well, whatever God's will is, it is happening? That's not true at all. We have the ministry of healing. He's handed it over. What we're seeing on the earth, as far as healing goes, is our faith, not necessarily his will. How many of you would like to see more? Two things you've got to be convinced of, that it's God's will to heal in every case, and number two, that he's called you to do it. Can I throw a third one on there? The enemy causes sickness. And Jesus went around and he destroyed the works of the devil. If you want to get upset with somebody because you had somebody leave early, it wasn't God. It was an enemy. And this is what I would suggest. This is what I did, because I I lost my brother a long time ago. I decided a long time ago. I said, "You you killed the wrong guy." And now I'm going to spend the rest of my life plucking away at your kingdom. And I'm going to pray for the sick. I'm going to watch them get recovered. And if I don't, I'm not going to stop. I'm just going to keep going. And I'm going to keep going. And I'm going to keep believing. And until your biggest regret is ever laying a finger on my brother, why don't we do that? instead of saying, well, I guess it was God's will. Why don't we do something about it? And why don't we attack the other kingdom with the kingdom of heaven? Anyway, that's just a suggestion. Or you can be upset with God and not pray because you think God did whatever he did. And I can promise you if Jesus was on the earth, that person would be healed. It's just what are we gonna do about it? And that's the question that we all have to answer. Would you guys stand... If you've ever lost somebody and it, and, it, and, it, and it has, it still has an impact on you in a negative way. I want you to come up here. I'm going to pray for you. That's cool if it's just two. Anybody else? Some of you are like, if there's ten people up there, I'll go up there. <laughs> Anybody else? Because uh, humility is a sign of like, like God always, oh, God always meets humility with grace, so. If there's anybody else in the room, you can keep coming forward. But this is what I want to say to you. This is what absolutely freed me up. It was absolutely awesome. Um, I remember that like when, when uh, I had someone close to me die, the enemy kept plugging away at me, and he kept saying to me, um, look what got taken from you. You don't have that person anymore. Look what got taken. And then one day God said to me, you know what? You were given that person for a time, and you can celebrate and thank me that you got to have that person in your life. And it completely turned it on its head. And it touched me and wrecked me and after that I would always meet with God and the first thing I would say to him is thank you that I got to be a brother. Thank you that I got to be a younger brother and I know what it means and thank you for the 16 years I got to have him in my life. You're awesome God. And I began to celebrate the time that I had and then afterwards I would say this and I know that it was not your will that he leave. That that you did have plans to prosper him but this is a war and there are casualties. Help me be equipped for the war that I'm in and help me Bring your will down here while I'm here. Amen? And there's no better opportune time for the enemy to come and plant seeds than when we lose a loved one. That's when he comes and plants. So I'm going to ask if there's a lie that the enemy planted that he would remove it. Is that okay? And he can. He can do it instantly. So we're going to pray right now. Father, in Jesus' name, in the same way you did for me, I pray over these people that are in the front right now in Jesus' name. All the seed that the enemy planted at that opportune season when that person Um, was no longer around, Lord. I ask that it would be removed right now and that you would replace it with truth and that the days of mourning would come to an end and that there would be days of joy. And we just praise you and thank you in Jesus' name and that intimacy would return and that a desire to pray would come like never before. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. You guys can be seated. Thank you so much for coming up. Uh, Tony Lienza is right there back there in the back. If you want to just raise a hand, Tony. Tony's going to be out there underneath the television. If you're a teacher or you know a teacher, um, would you just take a few minutes and just meet with Tony? He'll be out there. He just has some information for you. He has some awesome opportunities coming up for teachers that he wants to share with you guys. Um, And I I want to thank you guys that I get to talk this way to you. I never even blink or hesitate. I even forgot how heavy the sermon was. And I didn't figure it out till the first service when people were looking at me. Like, but, but you guys in this room are, are like, you're not, you're not here to have your ears tickled. We know that. Um, and I just thank you that I can deliver the truth in such a way that I, I, I don't even ask the question, well, what if, what if they mishear me? I just want to thank you for having ears to hear. Thank you so much. Bless you guys. Have a great Sunday. Thanks for watching. We hope today's message was encouraging and convicting. If you have any general questions for us, feel free to email us at info yeah, at yeah. praiseyork.com. <laughs> if you'd like to sow into the ministry oh. of praise, visit praiseyork.com give. And be sure to like our Facebook page and subscribe to our YouTube channel to stay up to date with happenings here at Praise.